This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson here from Studio B. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. It's a rough start to the Tuesday, I would say, after last night's loss for the Pelicans. They fall to the Boston Celtics 111-93, to but the good news is I don't have to do this alone today. I got Jim Eikenhofer here in Studio B. He's kind of going to co-host with me today. Jim, I know it was a tough loss, but uh, glad you're in here on this Tuesday. Hey, I appreciate it. I mean, I know things aren't going too well, but it's always uh, a good start to the day to to be here in uh, Studio B with you. TGIT, right? Exactly. Best day of the week. Best day of the week. And Jim Eichenhofer was on uh, Pelicans OT with me uh, last night following the game. Uh, Took a bunch of calls, and uh, we'll look forward to have Jim on after Friday's game against the Wizards. Hopefully, we have a happier post-game show when talking about a win. But again, your final score, 111-93 last night. And Jim, I just want to – how about just a brief – kind of synopsis on uh, kind of your takes on the game last night. Well, I thought really the only quarter that was, was decent from the Pelicans' perspective was the first quarter. It seemed like the, after that, the the second quarter kind of swung everything, um, started taking some bad shots. Um, Boston, I thought, played harder than them pretty much the whole night, which the Pelicans players themselves admitted after the game. Um, so it was it was just a, just a rough one all, all the way around for New Orleans. All right, we'll get more of Jim's reaction um, in our next segment here, but uh, let's go ahead and um, hear from Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry, who was not too happy uh, last night with the effort. Coach, what happened tonight out there? Um, uh, they they played a lot harder than we did, and uh, they competed and they played together and they moved the basketball, and we didn't. When you don't against a team like that, the result is that you get your ass kicked at home. That's, that's exactly what happened. After the start of the homestand like you had on Friday, are you surprised in any way as, how, as to how they played? I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. I'm really disappointed in that uh, we keep taking a step forward and a step backwards. We don't have any more excuses. We've got all of our players except for Quincy, and we've got to do a much, much better job than what we're doing if we want to even be a, a competitive team. So I'm, I'm very disappointed in the way we played. Uh, you know, we, got it. We, we, we have to compete. When we play against a team like that, we have to compete. We didn't do that tonight, and the result is what it is. I'm not trying to send a message to anybody. I'm going to put the guys out there that play hard and compete. It's not a, it's not a, I'm not sending anything to anyone. I'm going to play the guys that compete. I don't care who that is. If it's Ish, then Ish will play. If it's Tony, Tony will play. And if it's AD, he'll play. But if, if, if they're not playing hard and they're not competing, they're not going to play. It's just that simple. It really is that simple. It comes down to, you know, it's not anything. I'm not mad. I'm, not, I'm very disappointed. But I'm not angry or anything. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play the guys that compete. That's it's, it's, it's cut and dry as that, black and white. You said that when I was uh, getting some consistency with that starting five for the next couple of games, did tonight's performance kind of change that for you? Uh, everything has changed. Everything has changed. So we're going to find guys that will play hard and compete and try to do what we want them to do. That's the way it's going to be. Did you feel like when you guys got healthy that the end of this, you know, some of these games where you weren't playing as, as up to the level that you expected, do you think that was kind of going to end? Or are you surprised or shocked at what you're seeing? 
I just know that we've got to play hard and compete. I don't think there's any, there's no, this is not very complicated, guys. It's not anything. Is that when you play against a team like that, and we made it very clear that if you don't play hard against those guys, you won't have a chance to beat them. And if you, they won't beat themselves. You know, Brad's done a great job of instilling that in them. And we have to do the same thing. You have to compete at the level where your competition is. And we didn't do that. And so we have to do that if we're going to be competitive. And if we're going to try to get, have any semblance of getting back into a playoff race or anything, that's what you have to do. We didn't do that. And so some kind of way, I've got to find guys that are going to do that. Doesn't matter. I don't care the name on the back of the jerseys. I'm just going to play people that play hard. That's that's what we got to do. Calvin Tyreek was saying that uh, for him giving up the ball early, trying to swing the ball was it's not really his game. It, it takes away from some of his aggressiveness. He's trying to figure out how to make that work. What does he have to do? We'll work on it, and we'll make it work. Calvin, was that your message to your team tonight? Sure. My message is that you got to compete. You know, it's all of us. It's not them. It's us. It's us, you know, it's, it's everyone. It's the coaches, it's everybody. You got to compete. And you got to put, you, you, we've got to do a better job of walking out there. And I thought we got off to a decent start, but then, uh, you know, we, we stopped moving the basketball and we have three assists the second half. And you can't, if you're not going to move the ball against that team, they're very good and they're very disciplined in their defense. So they're just going to stack up and you're not going to be able to, you won't be able to get the ball to the basket against them unless you get them on the move. All right, so that's Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. Again, the final score last night, Celtics 111, Pelicans 93. Um, We'll talk a lot more Pelicans with Jim coming up next. We have fantasy football talk on this Tuesday with Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com. And then we'll get you out of here and get you set for tomorrow's show as well. Jim, you're not a fantasy football guy, are you? I'm not. I used to be, actually, but at a certain point, I think I realized that I don't really need it to enjoy the NFL. I just like watching the games, and I feel like there was, at a certain point, there's like too many things to root for, so I, I, I think I stopped playing around maybe like 06 or something like that, which I know makes me pretty rare compared to many people who are in like 18 different mm-hmm. leagues sometimes. Is it entertaining if you watch games with guys like me who get all wound up and stuff for fantasy? Is it kind of more entertaining for you? Because you just sit back and be like, yeah, I really no, don't have to worry about it's this. It's actually less entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um, I have to be careful what I say because I know so many people play fantasy football. But I, I'm not a big fan of people's, people who I don't – especially people I don't even know. Like, yeah. uh, It's different if, if it was you saying like, oh, I got to get this guy's – this guy's got to get me three touchdowns today. Because a lot of times you feel like saying like, dude, I, I, don't, I don't even know who you are, let alone yeah. that I'm, I'm interested in who – making sure that your wide receiver got his, his uh, yards and his in his uh, catches today. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a personal thing. I, I love football. I love the NFL. So, But I just at a certain point I felt like I just don't really need it. I, I do understand for a lot of people, and, and I was this way when I played fantasy football too, it does make, for example, the Monday night game so much more interesting mm-hmm. because a lot of times it might be the Jaguars versus the Titans just to pick on yeah. two random teams and you don't really have any rooting interest except for maybe one of your players is playing yeah absolutely kind of like last night where you had a, a wolf of a game yeah cowboys and redskins it was a good game as far as the final score but uh from what i heard obviously we were paying attention to pelicans sure. not the greatest game for monday night football mm-hmm. but if you have guys like dan bailey who's the kicker for the cowboys needed them or you had des Bryant who really didn't have um any catches last night 
you know, make things a little interesting there. So, um, yep. well, we're going to have some uh, fantasy football talk on this Tuesday with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. I try not to talk too much about who I have on my team because, like you said, I don't, I don't think anyone cares <laughs> who I have. But for those of you that are entering the playoffs that start this week, I know in some of my league the playoffs do start. Um, Jake will kind of help you set your roster, and uh, we'll go over some waiver wire pickups as well. But coming up next, we'll uh, keep Jim in here, and we'll talk more Pelicans. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, December 11th against the Washington Wizards. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. Time now to talk more about the Pelicans' loss last night to the Boston Celtics. 111-93, Pelicans dropped to 5-16. and Celtics improved to 12-9. and And, Jim, we obviously were both at the game Friday when the Pelicans beat the Cavs in overtime, 114-108. to And I think we both felt that maybe this is when the Pelicans would turn a quarter. And even after the game... Guys like Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, Ryan Anderson said, we have to carry this momentum on the Tuesday. We have to play with effort, with energy. Somehow, that didn't happen last night. And I know you heard Alvin Gentry in our first segment. The effort just wasn't there last night. And I know we talked about it on our post-game show last night, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint why the effort isn't there, but it's pretty frustrating that it wasn't. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, of course you'd rather – you know, have the great win against Cleveland than to to lose to the Cavs in that game. But the fact that you won that game, it makes it even more perplexing, I think, that in the next game you come back and you don't have the effort and the intensity that you need to be able to beat a team like Boston. I think specifically as well, one of the reasons why you heard so many of the players say that and mention that after the game against Boston was that as a team they talked about specifically against the Celtics, they, they're – they, it's hard to measure this, but they might be one of the teams that plays the hardest in the league. So they knew going into that game, we have to be able to match their intensity. We have to be able to you know, get loose balls, do some of the dirty work, do some of the little things, and maybe more so against Boston than anyone else in the league, and yet they came out and had the performance that they had. So I think you combine the way they played against Cleveland, 
the excitement that you have, the great, the great feelings after beating a team like that, and the fact that you, you targeted the, specifically the idea of playing hard against Boston and didn't do it. And I think those two things made it even more frustrating and more of, a, of a, uh, an issue emotionally after the game for it to go the way it did. Starting lineup for the Pelicans uh, did not do so well last night. Anthony Davis, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 8 of 21 from the floor. But if you combine Omar Ashik, Eric Gordon, and Tyreek Evans, they played just about 32 minutes combined, 0 for 8 with 6 turnovers. What was going on with Gordon and Evans last night? I know they got benched, it seemed like, because of maybe their effort and yeah. their play. But um, just very frustrating to see um, some of the starting lineup there. Um, not in when you thought they would be. I mean, I think it was a situation where he, Elvin Gentry, essentially benched the entire starting lineup, yeah. which you don't see very often in the NBA. But I think people who saw the game and were there, you know, probably had no problem with that and and understood that it was warranted that that group just didn't play well. I mean, you, if you look at the plus minuses, there's a minus sixteen, there's a minus twenty four. I mean, there's it just it just did not go well. I mean. And the interesting thing was, too, that before the Cleveland game, Elvin Gentry said specifically, we want to be able to stick with the starting lineup. We want to – these are the five guys that we're going to try to give eight or ten games to to see what they can do because they have to get into a mode where they know night in and night out who's going to start, who's going to come off the bench and get minutes. But after the game, someone asked about, you know, do you still have that opinion? And he said this is basically this – what happened tonight changes everything that he's going to, it sounded like he's going to reevaluate a lot of things as far as whether this is the starting group, whether or not that was just something that you say in the heat of the moment after mm-hmm. you have a, a game that went that poorly, we'll see. But um, it, w- it was interesting that, you know, he, he was that upset with the way that they played that he seemed like, you know, even after these two games, he's already reconsidering the idea of, okay, this is the, this is what we're going to stick with for the next eight or ten games. Even though the offense didn't play well last night, it seems like defense is still the biggest issue uh, for this team. What is the biggest issue as far as what is the main concerns about the defense this team is playing right now? I think simply put, it's it's um, sounds ridiculous but sometimes, but I think it's just stopping the ball. I think there's been repeated instances this season of guards having career-high games or season-high games. Um, last night it was Isaiah Thomas. I mean, there's been a lot of games where you just plug in the name and, and I mean, to one, one example, Denver game they lost, which was one of their toughest, poorest probably performances of the season. Jameer Nelson went crazy in the second mm-hmm. half. Good player, but he's not. He's at the stage of his career where you don't expect him to go off. Um, Evan Fournier for Orlando had a huge game, which was another tough home loss that you hope you know going went into it didn't think you'd lose to Orlando here. Orlando's better than people think but um but I digress but um just overall I think it's it's been the the defensive play on the ball and specifically the guards there's been too many opposing backcourt players who've had huge games if you give that up constantly you're going to you're going to find yourself losing a lot not only was it Isaiah Thomas last night but Kelly Olynyk with a season high 21 points 8 of 13 2 of 5 from downtown and a lot of mental errors I would think last night I think three or four times where it was guards um, or even uh, big men fouling Boston guards outside mm-hmm. of the three-point arc. Yeah, I mean those are those are things that is. I mean that's one of the one of the basic things at the top of the list of defensive principles that you don't do is that you don't give up fouls on jump shooters. It's going to happen once in a while. I mean, 
no matter what you do, it, but you, you can't have it happen a handful of times in a game. I mean, that's just way too much. Maybe once here or there, maybe once every few games, if you, you know, if it's a, might be a questionable call or you find yourself out of position or the guy kicks his legs out and you end up getting a foul that you didn't expect, that's fine. But, I mean, to have it happen as many times as, as it did last night was pretty demoralizing, and it's just tough to be successful defensively when you do stuff like that. A couple questions on the offensive side, um, just observing from last night. One, is the chemistry still not there with these guys as far as guys returning? Because I know, you know, if you hear the post-game show, I, I was saying, okay, there's injuries, so guys are trying to get used to each other that are maybe not used to each other. Now we got guys back, and we're still saying, well, now these guys plugged mm -hmm. in, maybe not be used to each other. Is that still a legitimate reason why sometimes this offense isn't struggling? Is it the ball movement by this team? What's the biggest couple of issues for why sometimes this offense looks really good? Like Tuesday, last Tuesday and Wednesday against Memphis and Houston in the first quarter, ball movement looked mm -hmm. great. And then some of the time it looks like 20 seconds of dribbling and just shooting a jumper outside. I mean, I do think that ball movement is the probably the biggest problem that crops up of why they have quarters. Like last night they had 19 in the second quarter. They've had some quarters that have been worse than that. Um but as far as players returning back from injury, I think I'm guilty of this as much as everyone else that you think that, okay, they went five or six weeks with not a full team. They still don't have a full team, but when Tyree comes back, came back and Norris came back, you say, okay, these guys are back, everything's fine now. But then when you watch the games, you realize that these guys also have to kind of figure out what they need to do in the system that they're playing differently this year offensively obviously than it, than they did last year and um i mean i think tyreek and, and norris really haven't looked like the players that we know they can be um norris has really struggled shooting the ball um tyreek you know he had a really rough game last night might have been one of the worst games he's played since he's been here so um to your point i mean i definitely think that there is as, as much as we hate keep saying this that you, people need to be patient um when you watch some of the things that have been happening since those two guys came back, I feel like there have been stretches where the offense looks good, but overall you're not seeing the the consistency from quarter to quarter that you need to be able to um, play well enough to win some of these games. All right, before I let you go, this team is 5-16. and 16. We'll have three days off as far as not playing games. I know they'll be practicing these next three games. 5-16, and 16, I believe now they're five games out of a playoff spot or around there. Mm -hmm. I know we say, oh, okay, well, the West is not that great, you know, can still have a shot to turn things around but it's getting the point soon where that window as i've been saying is starting to close so much that when is it gonna slam shut what is up i guess i should ask you know when when couldn't the panic when do we have to start hitting the panic button as far as you know a 5 and 16 start i know there's still over 60 games to go or just under that um when when do you start to hit the panic button or um how do you go about these next few games just as your Pelicans? Is it just more of a one game at a time, or do you have to really start work, uh, working on, well, we have to go 4-1 and one on this next road trip, mm -hmm. or we have to go on this huge winning streak? How do you approach this if you're the Pelicans? I mean, I think the players have to always look at things at one, as, at one game at a time. They can never say, okay, 10 games from now we want to do this, or 15 games from now you want to do this. Um, from a fan standpoint or a media standpoint, people that follow the team, to me, I think that you need to look at Unfortunately, now there's only one game left on this homestand that they can try to take advantage of being home. Obviously, they didn't do that last night. But 
by the end of that five game road trip, you really want to have, you don't want to, you don't want to lose any more ground. I think five games out or whatever it is exactly right now, um, with this many games left in the season, isn't, um, you know, it's not panic mode. It's not, you know, Oh my God, they're running out of time. But I think really you can't fall more than five games out. Even if it's even, you know, at the end of this trip, it'll road five game road trip coming up. It'll be almost Christmas. And at that point, if you're eight or nine games out of eighth place, I mean, I think you really do have to look at things and be like, man, we're in big trouble now. So, but to me, I think short term, you just, you obviously you want to cut into the gap right now, but you really, when you have a long road trip like this, you, realistically, you don't expect to go five and zero or four and one. You want to, but you know the main thing is, is that you just don't want to lose any more ground than than what you've already you know had by starting five and sixteen. No doubt, and I think some people want to compare. Oh well, we were only three and a half out with eleven games to go, which was my mindset too um, earlier on this season when we had the poor start. But then I was thinking about it last year. We just had one team to worry about, basically. Uh, maybe yeah. two sometimes with Phoenix, but mm-hmm. with eleven games to go, it was just one team, Oklahoma City. Right. Right now, you have five or six teams still in front of you mm-hmm. um, before that eight spot too. So not only do you have to worry about the five games back, that means you have to rely on six or seven other teams to also go on somewhat of a losing spurt. Or if you you could win three or four games in the next five games and still not gain any ground. I mean, that, that's a good point. And even in, in even more simple terms too, last year's team, when they were three and a half games out with 11 to play, had shown many stretches at, to that point where they were, where they won games and, you know, they may have gone back and forth between some winning streaks and some losing streaks, but they had some, even by that point, they had some extended periods where you, you, you saw what they could do and they'd proven that they could win games. Whereas this year's team, you know, had a three game winning streak. Besides that had separate, you know, one, a one here, a win there. So you just don't have the body of, of work right now to be able to say like, okay, well we can just get on a roll. I mean, they just need to start winning some games and get, more confidence to the point where you can say, hey, they might be five games out right now, but we can cut this down to a game or two, you know, a few weeks from now or a month from now. Right now they're just not winning. It's it's hard to really say, see how it's going to happen. So that, that's they just need to start getting some of these wins, and then we'll be able to look at things a lot differently, hopefully. As much as uh, this team is losing right now, it is nice to have three, three days off as far as this is a good chance for this team to kind of take a deep breath and, um, you know, get some practices in and maybe kind of get a feel for each other um, as well. So hopefully these next three days will be good for them. And then back at it on Friday against the Washington Wizards at the Smoothie Kings. Now that's Jim Iconoffer from Pelicans.com. Look out for all his work uh, in the next couple days leading up to Friday's game against Washington. Then the Pelicans five game road trip starts Saturday. It takes them through Chicago, Portland, Utah, Phoenix, and Denver. So a good old, Start in Chicago and end in Denver, West Coast road swing. So, Jim, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jamie. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk fantasy football next with Jake Seeley. Stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Come out and celebrate Star Wars Night. Feel the force on Friday, December 11th when your New Orleans Pelicans battle the Washington Wizards at 7 p.m. The first 8,000 fans in attendance receive a free Stormtrooper mug. You'll also have a chance to get your picture taken with your favorite Star Wars characters. Tickets start as low as $21, so don't miss out on any of the fun. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. And may the force be with you. 
The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. As we always do on Tuesday during football season, it's time to talk fantasy football here on the Black and Blue Report. Joining me, as always, from RotoExperts.com is Jake Seeley, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, uh, I should say for uh, a lot of these leagues, happy playoff time, my friend. Yeah, actually all of them, but... I was going to be uh, 12 for 13 and outside of the best ball leagues, but then I got an unlucky late score last night that knocked me out on a tie break. Oh, no. That's never good. Yeah. So I, 11 to 13, I'll still take it. Oh, uh, for sure. I have uh, one team out, one team that made the playoffs, but I kind of snuck in. I was supposed to have a bye and then just lost the last couple of weeks, and then the other team is fighting for their lives this week. So uh, lots of big plays still left uh, for fantasy football, and I kind of want to get to that in my first question here. Since we mentioned the playoffs, I know people get a little antsy or nervous and even start to do things maybe they normally wouldn't do during the regular season. Give us some advice uh, for anyone in the playoffs right now how to uh, how to manage your roster. You, you want the simple answer is you can go read my column at rotoexperts.com because it's so funny. That's exactly what I talked about today. Is basically my point being is a story that I had growing up, life lesson type of thing I won't get into with you on the show, but it's just about getting too cute. And it's what too many people do in the playoffs is they overthink and they get cute, and that's what knocks them out of the playoffs. Instead of focusing on the people that got you here, the ones who got you in the playoffs to the record you're at, and knowing what these guys can provide, they look at matchups and overthink things, and then they're starting people like nothing wrong with Alan Smith, but Alex Smith has a great schedule, but they'll start him over Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. and then they'll lose the game, and Aaron Rodgers scoring 25 points on your bench, and, and that's what too many people do at this time. So there are cases where you can start high upside guys. You know, if you're looking at your matchup and you snuck in, maybe you're talking about what happened to you. What happened to me? I lost my last three games in one league because I lost Justin's four set late in the year, and I'm really struggling to put things together at this point. So I need upside. So that's one case where you can go for the high ceiling because you know what your team construction is. But if you've already got a strong team, if you're, you haven't lost too many people and you're here based on what they've done all year, don't overthink things. It's, 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 there's luck involved, but don't go crazy and add more luck factor to it by taking somebody who's got a like basically a really low floor that's not what you want right and kind of brings me to my next question about maybe someone that you know some people might not be sure about whether to maybe ride them in the playoffs when you have a guy like Blake Bortles who had an excellent game granted it was against Tennessee but he throws for five touchdowns Allen Robinson catches for three touchdowns um where would he rank as far as maybe trying to play him in the playoffs or is he still someone that you may not want to play uh these next couple of weeks 
No, actually, he is somebody who probably got you here if you were taking a quarterback late and somebody I would trust at this point because if you look at what he's done this season, he only has, uh, I think, three games, I think it is, under 15 points, 16, 17 points, I think what it is. He's basically only scored in the low teens three times this year. He's got tons of 20-plus point games. Uh, looked great, as you mentioned last week, but it wasn't even that. He's had big games against San Diego. I know he did well against the Jets, Tampa Bay, Houston. This is a quarterback you can trust at this point, and he has the weapons to do so. Even if Alan Hearns isn't back this week, which we hope he is because that only helps him more, Julius Thomas has stepped up in his absence. So I'm looking at him, and the worst game he has, the worst matchup, is Atlanta, which isn't even really that bad for the rest of the way. He's got Indianapolis, Atlanta, and New Orleans for the last three games. He's got a decent enough schedule where you're not worried about sitting him for any of those. So I think at this point, he's the sixth-best quarterback on the year. Blake Bortles is somebody that I know a lot of people are worried about, these second-year quarterbacks like him and Derek Carr for consistency, but he has been consistent enough that he will be inside my top ten. Probably, I would be surprised if it's not all three weeks. Someone that kind of helped me uh, yesterday keep me in the playoff hope was uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the the Steelers' oh, offense. Sure. Um, looked great. Um not sure if that's going to continue. Um, ben Roethlisberger was having a great year um, before the injuries. Um, but who should you play as far as Pittsburgh receivers? You have Wheaton there. You have Antonio Brown. You have Martavis Bryant. Um, do you play all three of them? And then also, how do you factor in a matchup with a, a really good Bengals defense this week? The, the Bengals defense, if you actually look at the history between the Bengals and the Steelers, more often than not, those games have actually led to higher scores. So it's a game that I'm not too worried about. There is a little bit less upside than what we've seen so far for the Steelers. And then they have Denver next week. That's actually my bigger concern is the fact that I love Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be hard for me to sit him. Again, this just goes back to being you know, too cute. I'm not going to go out and you know, start – uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Maybe uh, somebody from the Browns because they have a terrific matchup. And I don't think anybody would think that. But it's going to be tough for me to start Ben Roethlisberger against Denver with how good that they've played. I'm not so worried this week with the receivers. Antonio Brown starts every single week. I think Mark Davis Bryant has moved into that conversation of starting every single week just because he's always a threat to take one deep. Wheaton is the one that sometimes gets left out. If anything, if we don't have a week like we did last week, uh, the week before was Wheaton's week, but the week before that, you didn't really see much from him. So he's the guy that I'm looking for that big upside, but knowing that he could come out of the game, get me only two or three points. So it's basically Ben, Brown, and Bryant, and then Wheaton, depending on what you're looking at there. I would probably only start Ben and Antonio Brown against Denver. And again, I would, I would be dicey on Ben Roethlisberger. I would hope that it was one of those situations where you were able to get a nice quarterback behind him. I would actually even play, you know, somebody like Russell Wilson if you happen to have him, Cam Newton. There's still a lot of better quarterbacks out there for favorable matchups than Ben Roethlisberger in Week 15. We're talking with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. All right, this is the moment, Jake, that I uh, can't wait for as far as waiver pickups because I certainly use your advice um, as far, especially when you have playoffs coming up this week. Give me three or four guys uh, worth picking up. Uh, I, I will say, check the column again because there are a ton on there. I actually, I looked at it with the fact of going into the playoffs, as you just said, is not just for this week, but for weeks 15 and 16 if you want to stash a guy or two. Because now is when all that matters with your bench is having your handcuffs and guys who can provide value in weeks 15 and 16. You don't really care about backups for this week. So look at that quarterback. I mentioned Alex Smith. I mean, if you're struggling at quarterback, nobody has a better playoff schedule than Alex Smith with the Chargers, Ravens, and Browns to finish things off. Uh, and he's actually been pretty solid for most of the year. So if you need quarterback help, 
he's a nice one. Matt Ryan has actually turned to a streaming quarterback this year, but next week, if you look at him, he gets the Jaguars, which we know what Marcus Mariota just did to them. So there's plenty of upside for that. Matt Jones looks like he's finally starting to get the lead running back carries in the Washington backfield. Make sure you have your handcuffs and at wide receiver. This is the last week I'm going to mention him. I know I've said it to you, and I'm saying it for everybody listening because for whatever reason, nobody wants to pick him up. But this will be the last time, even though nobody's going to pick him up again. Kamar Aiken for the Ravens. He's averaging 10 targets and six receptions over the last five games. If you're in a PPR league, that is terrific value. I understand he's got Matt Schaub at quarterback, and that that team's struggling in general. But PPR, he's unstoppable right now. And then if somehow, if Doug Baldwin's still sitting out there in your league because people have just been so slow to come on to him because he's one of those receivers that we've seen years of him being a mediocre performer before, and now all of a sudden he's just busting through and putting up huge games. Uh, it's, it's basically looking at their schedule, too. He's somebody you could probably plug in as your wide receiver three and forget about it. Good stuff there. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Real quick before I let you go, um, let's mention, let's talk about the Saints a little bit. Four more games left. I wouldn't say it's an easy schedule based on the team is four and eight, and Sean Payton would probably kill me if I said, yeah, it's an easy schedule. <laughs> but you have matchups against the Bucks, you have against the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Falcons the rest of the way. Um, seems like you can probably rely on some Saints uh, when you head into the playoffs. Am I right? Yeah, I definitely think you can. Hopefully you're not playing in Week 17. If you are, change your league. You don't yeah. want to be finishing <laughs> off in that kind of thing because you just never know who's going to sit. Like, a perfect example is within the division. The Panthers are probably going to be sitting a ton of people in Week 17. But at least for these next three games, as you mentioned, even before you get to the Falcons, you have to like the fact that the Bucks, Lions, and Jaguars, it only gets better every single week for them. So Breeze is starting for me every single week. As anybody who questioned starting him last week, look at how that turned out. There's my perfect example. What did Breeze do? If you put him on the bench, he scored you 25-plus points on the bench. So there's no way I'm sitting Breeze. There's no way I'm sitting Mark Ingram, even though Tampa Bay has a good run defense because we just like, hey, you should. I called that out last week. I told you Mark Ingram was going to get back into the end zone. Yep, I told you that did. was coming. Uh, and then Brandon Cooks must start, obviously, he's in the one, wide receiver one on the year. And if Willie Sneed gets back on the field, I would start him as at least a wide receiver three. He was good enough before he got hurt, and that offense still needs him. He's been clicking and Ben Watson. So I think those five, you can continue to roll with them the rest of the way and have no questions about it. There you have it. Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Uh, Jake, I appreciate the time as always, and hopefully, uh, not hopefully, we will talk to you next Tuesday, and good luck in the playoffs <laughs> that start this week. Yeah, hopefully we're both talking with happy faces next week. Is that what we want to say? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to say, and hopefully that is the case. All right, uh, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, You'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. 
Ochsner, healthcare with peace of mind. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. All right, welcome back to the show. About to wrap things up here from Studio B. Great show today. I wish we were talking about a Pelicans win, but it was good to have Jim Eichenhofer in here um, to talk about the game a little bit and what's in store for the Pelicans these next few days as the Pelicans will not have a game until Friday when they take on the Washington Wizards on Star Wars night. Yes, it's Star Wars night. Uh, make sure you get out and uh, watch this team play. I know it's been tough these last couple of games, but they need the home court advantage, especially if they want to climb up this Western Conference and maybe get back in the playoff race, and then it's off to the West Coast after they play the Chicago Bulls. They start off a five-game road trip in Chicago, and it ends, as I mentioned with Jim, in Denver next Sunday. On tomorrow's show, we'll have Ed Werder on from ESPN. He was at the game on Sunday, the Panthers-Saints, that is. We'll talk about that game with him and uh, just a lot of storylines going on around the league as there's four more weeks to go here until the playoffs. And then, uh, of course, it's Wednesday, which means it's a Wesley Wednesday. We'll get David's thoughts on Monday night's game against the Celtics and looking ahead to this road trip that takes us um, across the West Coast there. So lots of good stuff today. Really appreciate you, Mike and Hopper and Jake Seeley joining me. And thank you, the fans, for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Until tomorrow when Sean Kelly's back in the hosting chair, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.